And a very good afternoon. It's Friday, uh, and we're back for the second part of our Deering Live doubleheader this week uh, at much, much earlier and, quite frankly, more convenient time for everybody uh, of 1.30 Pacific, 4.30 Eastern, uh, and 9.30 p.m. in the UK. Hi, everybody, uh, and hi to everybody who's watching this on uh, on replay after it goes live, um, and thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm flying solo today. Dave is doing what he does second best i guess which is play music he's out uh on a, on a bit of a gig this afternoon so uh he felt confident enough to hand the reins to me so off we go let's see how we do i need your support i need your love and encouragement it's gonna be fine um a quick reminder um uh, we had uh, we had mark johnson on earlier in the week uh that's definitely live now you can watch that that was a really good fun show uh with mark um one clawgrass banjo player uh, to another. Uh, our guest today is also playing a clawgrass model, I think, for at least part of the show, which is uh, exciting. So double whamming of that. Uh, and then a second reminder, next week we will be at Merlefest in Wilkesboro, North Carolina, uh, exhibiting in the vendor tent. Um, and we'll be teaming up with our good friends, the Chapman Brothers of Acoustic Shop. Um, uh, they will be handling, handling all the media out there and we'll be live streaming with a variety of different people uh, from the festival grounds, which will be a lot of fun. So stay tuned. I don't know exactly when that is, but we'll publish a schedule as soon as we can. If I'm looking off to the right, it's because I'm multitasking a little bit more today. So I've got different screens going on. So apologies uh, for that. I should also warn you that it's 1.30 here. The guys are still working. We are in a factory location. You might hear some sanding, some slamming, hopefully no shouting. But we're making banjos back there, so forgive any background noise that you hear. Um, hopefully people don't throw things at me while we're doing this. Uh, but let's get into things. Um, Jonathan is with me. He's in the back end. He's ready to help me. So off we go. Our guest today, I'm very excited about this one. Um, we haven't had, uh, had at least one of them on for a little while. So uh, they form a very unique meeting of uh, musical genres. And they're here today to talk about their new self-produced album, uh, The Joys of Making stripped back, toned down music together and how their musical differences kind of intertwine to create what is ultimately a very, very beautiful sound. Uh, they are currently fundraising um, for the uh, for the cost of the, the album uh, via Indiegogo, uh, the link of which will be on the screen for a decent part of the show. And we'll talk about that. Um, and of course, over the course of the show, if you like what you hear, please do consider giving them a hand. Um, but without further ado, let's bring them in. Uh, we're going to welcome Ashley Campbell and Thor Jensen. And there you are. Hi. Ashley and Thor, how are you doing? Doing great, Jamie. How are you? I'm very well. Not too bad. We're um, we're up and away. It's Friday, and I know it's later. You're in Nashville, so what is it? We're 3.30 there right now? Something like yeah. that? Yeah, 3.30. Yeah, I know you, you came off a busy day, so thank you for, for your time today. And uh, we'll get into some conversation in a minute. But as is uh, tradition uh, in Deering Live, would you mind kicking us off with a bit of a tune and is it from the album that's the question because i want everyone to know and hear you guys yes this is uh this is one of the tunes from the album and it's uh it's kind of a silly song but it's very serious at the same time it is and what's the title so, of the song this is a <laughs> a song for vampires by vampires and it's about mm. two vampires in love Let's do it. I mean, there's no other way to figure it out than to hear it, right? And what says vampires <laughs> more than claw hammer <laughs> or claw grass, you know? Absolutely. So, here's our vampire song. It's from the album. <laughs> On a sea of glass I get a chill when my love walks past I get a chill when my love walks past We fly out together in the dead of night Stars above our only light We move with the shadows, stay out of sight I catch a thrill when my lover bites I catch a thrill when my lover bites We take our fill when the moon is high 
So good. That was really, really nice. Thank you. Good job. Yeah, really like that. The the balance between the two instruments works really, really well together. Um, you know, this this album isn't out publicly, is it? So yeah. I there isn't a whole lot of reference point at this at this stage to kind of just oh listen to the whole thing and get familiar with everything. So there's I think there's a couple of videos that you guys have made. Um, but that yeah, that was really, really nice. The contrast and the balance and the you know, the the, the um some the dynamics between the two of you like really really work well so nice start thank you very much <laughs> we're trending beautifully excellent um and you're playing a bit of a claw hammer style kind of claw grass kind of thing but very gentle it looked like it wasn't yeah it's aggressive i'm a i'm a pretty gentle banjo player overall yeah. um but you, you spoke about uh mark johnson and it's it's interesting like i kind of am self-taught as far as the claw hammer claw grass so like i don't know where i fit in but I, I learned listening to, and I've taught, I've told Mark this, but I learned listening to Steve Martin's albums. And I, I found out through Mark when I met him on a cruise a couple of years ago, more than a couple of years ago, that uh, Mark taught Steve Martin, <laughs> which I was yep. like, okay, well then you are my ultimate sensei then for he's, what I was listening the... to and learning from. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. It was his style. He developed it. Yeah, he, absolutely. And... You know he's capable of doing something. You know he can get really hard driving with it as well. But like yeah. as he demonstrated on Wednesday, like he's more than capable of of really bringing it back and slowing down and playing some very intricate, uh, delicate uh, music in that style as well, which is fascinating to watch because it's such a contrast. To... Yeah, that was that was what drew me to that style in the first place was how delicate it could be. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us. And I think um, it's probably best. I want to get a kind of a timeline going here because i mean actually we've known you for a long time now and you've been playing deer and banjos for a while uh thor not so much we haven't we haven't really met until today um you're not you're both in nashville but you're not from nashville so let's kind of go through starting thor with you what was your kind of musical journey that led you presumably to nashville and and subsequently to meet with um with ashley and and then we'll get into the, the details of how it all started um after that 
Uh, sure. Yeah, I, uh, I'm I'm a New Yorker, and I was based there for a long time, uh, playing primarily Django Reinhardt stuff, playing that thing. Mm -hmm. I was I was with a guitarist named Stefan Rembel for a long time, mm -hmm. uh, as his other guitarist. Did. And if you don't, if you're not, anyone that's not familiar with Stefan, you have to check out Stefan because he's a monster. He's he's, he's insane. Amazing. They, may, they yeah. may have heard Stefan stuff yeah. through a, a movie, Midnight in Paris. Which yeah, his mm -hmm. song was or really... Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Or, yeah. A lot of a lot of Willie Allen stuff. Uh, so I was with him for a long time, uh, and you know, pandemic happened. You know, and when things just started opening up again for me, it was either go back to the city because I found myself not in the city, mm. uh, or go somewhere new and try some new stuff out. And uh, I, I started getting more into electric guitar playing a few years ago, and yeah, so I wanted to go somewhere where I could sort of, in a way, start from scratch and. Uh, not fall back into music i love don't get me wrong but i just wanted to change the pace and ironically now i'm playing a lot of acoustic music with ashley <laughs> um but did you know uh, did you know each other before you moved uh no. to nashville okay no. okay uh, that's even better yeah we met because i i wanted to learn gypsy jazz guitar and so i asked mm -hmm. my fiddle player friend who plays the style if he knew any guitar teachers that teach that style and he said, well, you know, this guy I just started playing with just moved to town and he's amazing. So he gave me Thor's number and we've been hanging out ever since. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it happened. I love yeah. a gypsy, gypsy chess guitar. That's really cool. So, and then I understand you spent a little time uh, like roaming around Russia as well, playing music. Is that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, with a singer, I, I still play with uh, Meg Farrell, Sweet Meg. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we did a tour in Russia in 2019. Uh, about three weeks, three and a half weeks, we were in Russia. Wow. Uh, How was that? Was, that was outstanding. What mm -hmm. a interesting. I mean, having really knowing nothing about Russia before, except you know, I guess headlines and you know, <laughs> so like, like, right. you know, you know, you, you hear about things are that, that you know, Saint Petersburg is beautiful and mm -hmm. there's tigers mm -hmm. in Siberia. You know, they're just the very basic on surface level things about Russia, and to spend so much time there was incredible, and to go to all these little tiny cities and. Uh, it's massive, you know, right. having, I've driven across the United States about, I don't know, two dozen times doing various tours and such, but the, the, the scale of that place is just crazy. Yeah. It's unfathomable. Isn't it? It's it's, not. I mean, yeah. the last, I've, the, our last gig there was in the far East in Vladivostok and to fly back to New York from there, we had to fly from there to Moscow back to New York. And it was 24 hours of travel. And the fact that, <laughs> Vladivostok to Moscow is eight time zones. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. bananas. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Incredible place. And uh, again, a really great experience. Was the music received? Because presumably um, you're playing very kind of American, American music. Was it received well? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and we were playing, I mean, that particular set of music, that was like very, very like pre-war jazz. Mm -hmm. uh, ironically, I was playing a Telecaster. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, you know, horn section, upright bass, you know, the whole thing. Oh, man. Uh, oh, so you guys yeah. went all out and bought bought the big guns out, I guess. To yeah. Speak. yeah, well, that's that's the, sort of the what was cool about being part of the Django scene in the, in New York is there's these two parallel scenes of Django and, and traditional jazz, you know, yes. that they're not the same, but they're really similar. And so there was some crossover involved. And so that's ev everyone involved in that trip was involved in that traditional scene. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was uh, it was great, and it was it was different. We were kind of the oddballs of, of the whole tour because we would tour with different groups, and we were the only ones doing that stuff. Yeah, yeah, man, that's yeah, cool. Was, I, I like hearing stories about that about being, being you know overseas and uh, just in places where you wouldn't necessarily expect the music to be received, but surprisingly, it is. Uh, Japan's another country like that where you don't expect it, but they go crazy for they for go American nuts. Music. Yeah. I got to go to Japan in 2019 and for the country mm. gold festival in Kumamoto. And it was, it was insane. Like yeah. I, I was like a celebrity walking around the city because everyone was staying in the city for the festival. And so the entire mm. fest city, this giant city was just people going to this country festival <laughs> wearing cowboy hats and stuff. And they'd point at me and go, Ashley Campbell. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh. <laughs> And, and and you're someone that loves to travel as well. And I want to get into that because I know you spent a lot of time in Europe. And I'm, where I'm going with this is is kind of where you chose to record the album, right? So um, 
but you spent a lot of time in Italy and France and Spain and, and parts of Europe as well and on your travels and you've toured a lot yourself. So you, but you've been in Nashville for much longer. That's been your home for what, 10 years or so? Yeah, just, uh, it was 10 years in April. Yeah. Okay. So you were there, you're established and you just, you have this, this inkling to learn gypsy jazz guitar. Oh yeah. Kind of, yeah. So what led you up to that? What was going on for like the 10 years while you were in Nashville? Um, it's been a, it's been a roller coaster ride. Yeah. Um, so I, I toured with my dad. I got my start touring with my, my father, Glenn yeah. Campbell, yeah. um, when I was living in Los Angeles, um, I graduated from Pepperdine University and I had just started playing banjo yeah. and uh, he asked me to go on tour with him. And so I just kind of, we did Australia and New Zealand and it, it just fit, it worked and I loved it. So I kept touring with him. And then uh, for those of you who don't, who aren't familiar with the saga of my dad's uh, end of career, end of life situation, yeah. um, he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease and he decided to continue touring anyway. So we did a goodbye tour and these incredible filmmakers made a documentary about it. And so it took us on as a family, it took us on this, you know, incredible journey, which, you know, I got to spend so much quality time with my dad and to learn from him as a musician and entertainer uh, mm -hmm. and just genuinely good person. And um, it kind of, seasoned me as well as a performer um just doing so so much high profile stuff and just learning from my dad that when the tour ended at the end of 2012 i decided to move to nashville and mm. i got i got a publishing deal and i just started writing songs and and that was a learning process as well i was with a major record label for a couple of years and that wasn't really my vibe so i just decided to focus a little smaller and smaller and smaller and I'm finally, I feel like I'm finally finding what I want to do with music. And, yeah. and it's, you know, it's just the realer I get, the happier I get. <laughs> that's, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. So you, I mean, you've established yourself pretty well in Nashville now and you had the Ashley Campbell band um, and a few other projects going on at the time. Um, so talk to me about the first time you guys came together and effectively, I guess, jammed or at least kind of collaborated in, in some way what was what was the story there well we started playing Django stuff and and just bonding over that and then it, it opened yeah. up into other music and we we just loved playing together so much um well we were doing a lot of stuff I mean I, I play in Ashley's band yeah well. I, I mean, yeah that's how that I started originally you know yeah <laughs> it went from being <laughs> just like giving some lessons and hanging out and then uh started playing with her band mm -hmm. and uh it was both this sort of like we both wanted to we, we revealed to each other that the idea of a duo yeah. was something that we really wanted to do. Uh I mean, speaking personally, I've been involved with like with various friends doing smaller projects, but never have written for it before. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And that was uh personally I'm a big fan of shovels and rope. Oh yeah. You know, like like yeah. the and like just the, the I did it years ago. I was with a band called Quiet Life, and we did a tour opening for Shovels and Rope on the West Coast. Their first West Coast tour. Oh, to wow. see that grow, like you know, the first night in Portland, you know, there was some people there, and then we finished in San Diego. And by the San Diego show, it was completely sold out, and it was pin drop quiet, and it was just this like the the power of two people mm -hmm. on a stage was just amazing. And uh, so any, yeah. Along, and also, also yeah. we we are a couple in real life, and so Thor mentioned that he, when when he did the, that tour with them, that they they made a point as a couple of always having dinner together. Yeah, they would have dinner. They would bring their their meal out from the venue to their sprinter camper and like have a date together every night. Oh wow! And yeah, it was cool. so endearing. And yeah, because starting to work together as a duo and as a couple, like raised the, the, the fears of like, what if this destroys our relationship or, you mm. know, but so far, like we've toured together for the last couple of years and it's just, it's been nothing but wonderful. Yeah. Like we, we just not bragging on our little selves, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just, we just work together really well. And we also just get along so well in almost any situation. So yeah. I'm very thankful. For that so to clarify though couple first and then duo or duo first and then couple couple first, couple first yeah. yeah okay all right well that's cool though that's we wrote cool. our we wrote our first song when we uh we got covid <laughs> and we were quarantined over christmas oh, <laughs> we were like, let's, let's write a song yeah was that before we decided to duo 
I think that was right around the time. That was yeah. sort of that maybe even pushed us over the edge to decide to do a duo. Yeah. Yeah. And that song's on the album too. I'm really happy to say that our yeah. first song we wrote together is one of our favorites. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I wanted to get into the, you know, the, the journey as it were, um, because I mean, Ashley, like it's, it's really no secret that, that you, you love Europe in particular. Um, you spent a lot of time there. You, you, you've, uh, you've constantly, um, professed your, your love for, for places like Italy and, play, and other areas, but you chose specifically to record the album, um, in a very like kind of stripped back manner. And you chose essentially like a small cottage in Ireland. Mm -hmm. Now um, I'm curious. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, is that, is that, is that accurate? It is yeah, accurate. Yeah. Okay, cool. So my, my question, had you been there before or did you kind of take a gamble on an Airbnb situation or how did that come about? It's a pretty unique story. So um, okay. as I mentioned, the documentary about my father, um, it was edited by an incredible film editor named Elisa Bonora. And mm -hmm. she, she lived in LA at the time. And so over the process of making the documentary, she became like family to me and I to her. And um, at the end of 2020, she kind of was just, she lived in T Topanga Canyon and there were fires and she was just done with the hassle of having a house in a fire zone. And she missed her fam. She's Italian, mm -hmm. originally from Milan. She missed her family. So she decided to move back over to that side of the world. And, and Belfast has a, a booming film industry. So she decided yes. to move there. And so through a friend of hers, she found this cottage to rent, which is actually on its own private island in Northern Ireland. You can get there by driving over a bridge. Um, but she rented this cottage for about six month, months and she's, uh, she's an animal lover. So she had a dog and a couple cats. And so I volunteered to help her with the travel part of bringing the animals over. And I, I flew over with her and we stayed over Christmas and I stayed all through that January of 2021 and then went back home and fell in love with the cottage and, and the people who own it. Uh, they live on the island as well. And they just, yeah. it was this magical place in nature and it's right on the water. And I, when, when Thor and I started working together, I said, you've got to come see this cottage. So um, last May we went out on tour and um, he loved it too. And I said, wouldn't this be an incredible place to make a record just to kind of sequester yourself and be creative and, do not, not worry about bills, nothing like traffic, blah, blah, blah. Just focus on music and mm -hmm. the joy of creation. Um, so that's what we did. We, we we made it a reality. I can't believe it. Yeah. Originally, it was a bit of a, we we set a challenge. You know, I remember, I think I oh, heard, yeah. I, I read some article with Julian Lodge and he talked about like when he made the World's Fair, the solo guitar record, like he, he's, you know, he made, he set parameters for himself. You can only write songs in this tuning. You can only, you know, and he set a, a time frame for himself. I was going to write these songs in this amount of time. And so that was originally our goal. We were going to, we have a month, we're going to write everything <laughs> and we're going to record everything. And that's going to be it. We, we, we couldn't wait to write. So we wrote most we wrote of the record. The, we wrote beforehand. the record. We finished a couple songs while there. Yeah, but definitely. But we yeah. wrote most of the record beforehand, but our challenge was just two voices, two instruments. Yeah. Yeah. And that was it. Okay, so that was that was the intentional part, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. absolutely. Part, yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah, so we just we spent a month there just shedding and working mm -hmm. tunes and uh, arranging and just getting it as solid as possible. Yeah, and, and was the goal to come out with uh, like a really solid catalog that you would then potentially like add instrumentation to, or was it just to have a core stripped back two instruments, two voices, and that's how it was going to be? Once, once the recording process happened as well? Uh, yeah, it was. there was never an intention to add any other instruments. You know, mm -hmm. this is just like we're sort of, you know, sort of like writing classical works of just writing right. for a quartet or writing for this. We, we were just writing for... For two people. Two, two right. people. Yeah. That's fantastic. And how cool the story that it kind of, you know, almost beautifully like links back to your, to your father and, and the, the, the final film piece as well like that's that's how it came about that's that's perfection almost so yeah it's incredible where little little choices and little steps and little happenings lead right. you in life to big big things it's amazing yeah, yeah absolutely uh, i'm going to get into a bit more of the process uh 
in a little while here on the album because I'm curious about that as well. But um, we're about kind of at the halfway mark almost, which has flown by. Um, yeah. You guys want to entertain us with a, with another tune? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to tell us about it? Uh, yeah, it's a it's an instrumental piece that you know, like most good songs, kind of just happened organic and it accidentally right here. Yeah, right in here. This very spot. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, she just she just came up with a thing on the banjo, and I started the first thing that came to my mind. Uh, and uh, it's a bear of a song. It is. Uh, it's ambitious. It's very ambitious. Every time we play it, it's sort of like uh, I always say that my favorite gigs are the gigs that you feel like the entire time you're running down a hill as fast as you can. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. it's not like I mean you're still in control. It's your own feet. You're not like on a motorcycle, but like you know, right. gravity can get the best of you sometimes. Uh, yeah. So it's very much a song like that. Uh, so wish us luck. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm with you right here. We're gonna be prompting I've, anyone. I've switched to my Ken Brooks Saratoga Star. Just gonna say that's your your custom. Uh, it's my custom. I'll, I'll hold it. I'll hold it up if you remind me. I'll hold it up to the camera so people can see the the beautiful details. And I don't know if y'all know this at Deering, but the fifth fret, which is a bird, um, like a yellow canary on a yep. branch with a little flower. I actually got it tattooed on my yeah on yeah, my I wrist. Think, yeah. <laughs> I, I vaguely remember uh, Jamie telling me about that actually. Yeah, I think. yeah, it that's really cool. Remind me to practice. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, this is a song called Exit Zero. Yeah. All right. I actually, take these out for this. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll take. I'll take Fine
I would say uh, bravo, first of all. Ambitious, yes. <laughs> Flawlessly executed, absolutely. That Thank was you. that was really really nice to hear. Um, look, I'm a I'm a pretty big uh, advocate of anything that's even remotely progressive, if you want to call that, uh, mm -hmm. as far as musical tastes go. So uh, time changes and kind of different tangents and uh, musicality always get my attention a lot more. So that was that was that was definitely one for me. I like that one. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Very good. All right. So before we move on, let's let's very quickly go over your banjo because you've had oh, that yeah. for a long time. And I remember you coming down mm -hmm. and kind of going through some of the spec here. So it's a, it's a Tenbrook Saratoga star. Young Chuck Neitzel designed that tree uh, that was in the inlay. We still have the original prototype of that that actual cutout piece, which is very cool. Beautiful inlays. And then, and then the the Glenn Campbell mm -hmm. Good Time logo. Yeah. Which is flawless, and it's it's not an original Tenbrook's color, is it? It's um, no, it's, it's uh, quite red, kind of quite. Me <laughs> I love it. It's held. I said I, I said I wanted the color of wine, please. <laughs> <laughs> did did we did we follow, come up, follow through on that? I think we did a pretty good job of. of yeah, wine. it's either wine or blood. <laughs> blood. 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 Like vampires, you can interpret that as you will. Even though on the record, I've, on the album, I played. So I have. I just recently acquired a the 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 ten bro, No, no, sorry, the Vega Old Time Wonder open back banjo, which yep. I'm absolutely in love with, and I played that on a lot of the songs on the record. Um, but I oh, left cool. that in. I left that in England because we're going back over there to tour. So I left it at my friend's house so I could not have to check it. <laughs> <laughs> like that and i'm gonna to get to the tour part uh, in a little bit so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lead down that road just yet but um but that's cool I'm, I'm glad you like the vega does it have the scoop on it as well on the fingerboard i love the scoop oh yeah. my gosh yeah yeah <laughs> makes it makes it a little uh little easier there's a lot of people I was, I was speaking to a couple of people lately who they don't like that they actually like uh the frets it's kind of as they were so they get that kind of like percussive element to it as they play but a lot of players just swear by it and can't live without it so yeah, i feel like i can get a cleaner claw mm -hmm. hammer with it i like it yeah well yeah i think that's pretty that's pretty awesome um all right so we're in ireland now and we yes. decided that we're going to record the album in this beautiful little cottage well i should say northern ireland is what i keep uh incorrectly saying as an englishman that's <laughs> not good um but uh yeah so was it was the setup for it as as stripped back as the music in the sense of you hear about kind of these big bands bringing over like a complete massive studio's worth of equipment and setting up in in homes around the country as a way to kind of isolate themselves in a similar way that you did? Or are we talking a map book and a few microphones? Um, uh, it, how are we doing this? It was, you could say in between, but it definitely leaned closer to the MacBook. Uh, you know, it's we brought this really great engineer named Ronan Fay over from Glasgow. Um, oh, cool. Okay. And he just filled up his little sedan with some stuff. <laughs> and uh, took the ferry over. Yeah, took the ferry. <laughs> and it was one rack worth of stuff. So we had a couple of mic pre's. You know, uh, I think he had two or three really nice mic pre's and uh, a few good microphones. But it was really as simplified as, I, as it could possibly be, mm -hmm. you know, awesome. uh, and just sort of using. I mean, it, so this cottage is, is, is long. You know, it's a this big it's long place. Very compartmentalized. Compartmentalized, and we're trying to save some dough, so we're not really using much of the heat in the place. <laughs> so there's this wood stove in the living room, and that's basically where we were for the entire Just month. Just tending the fire. Just tending the all fire all the time because it was January. Yeah, <laughs> I think the the video on the on the campaign right is shot mm -hmm. in front of that. Is that the same the same wood burning stove? It oh, sure yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a nice day, so we didn't actually need it. It was kind of warm that day. <laughs> yeah. But. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, just like really as basic as possible. And just like the, the room itself sounded really nice and warm, you know, old plaster walls and the mm -hmm. stone hearth. And uh, it was it was pretty, pretty outstanding, you know. Very so special. you didn't really have to bring a whole lot outside of instruments then. Uh, as far as I, I, that was going to be one of my questions, did you bring in an engineer or, or did you go completely solo and, and try and do everything DIY uh, yourselves? But it sounds like you kind of just, this is what we're looking for. This is what we're trying to get to. And he brought down the, the a la carte, if you will, mm -hmm. um, to, to kind of, did you spend a lot of time experimenting with different things as far Not as really. different just, rooms? So you just set up and go, huh? 
slapped yeah. up some mics and went for it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, the first day we did we did a couple of mic tests, but, yeah, no, but nothing serious. Yeah. You know, okay. uh, once we found the recipe, it worked. We had very. I mean, she actually plays a, quite a bit of guitar on the record as mm -hmm. well, and mm -hmm. we had very different sounding guitars. So we, you know, there was definitely a mic choice as, as far yeah. as that went. But once we found mm -hmm. the formula, it was just wake up and go. Mm -hmm. And were, were most of the tracks or, or all of the tracks, I suppose, uh, recorded live or were you uh, doing it in different takes or using any kind of sound isolation to capture everything? No sound isolation. No. Uh, but it, it depends okay. on, uh, depended yeah. on the song. Um, we mm -hmm. did a lot of the vocals after the music, after the instruments, just because we wanted the the isolation and the clarity. Yeah. Um, but some of the songs we did sing just together, mm -hmm. facing each other with two mics. Just yeah. depend on what the song called for. Yeah, the instrumentals that we recorded those live. Yeah, the instrumentals were just like you just heard. Yeah, awesome. With with no click, just straight in. Yeah, no oh, click. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, it was, it's funny that we actually we did. Tried. We tried. And it was not. We tried good. with a click, well, especially that one going in yeah. and out of time signature. Yeah, yeah. It just. Yeah, yeah. And there's well, another. I, there's another instrumental on there that's the old time wonder, and it's a claw hammer instrumental. Mm -hmm. So, like, we got variety. <laughs> love it. I love it. It's a, it's a nice mix for sure. Um, that was gonna be one of my. I was gonna address this a little bit later, but kind of the touching on the click idea, right? And just, there's almost a, an argument to be said that it, what you're doing works a lot better without it in the sense of just there's that human kind of pouring a soul into it rather than mechanically trying to create the song, um, which I think is lost in a lot of music. And I was just gonna kind of bring up more, we're changing directions a little bit, but the state of music in general, where you've got yourselves who are just making really raw emotional, uh, musicianship based music and then you've also on the other end of the spectrum like ai is creeping in <laughs> we're seeing that more and more and you know kids are making you know they can create i use that word loosely create songs um just just with like chat you know ai based programs and that kind of thing without a whole lot of musical experience like what's your kind of thoughts and take on that as it pertains to how you've just gone through this recording process i don't know i think the beauty of the world we live in is that there is, and the beauty of music and art in general is that there is something for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like everyone can go there, take their own path, you know? So uh, I think there's currently a lot of really incredible, amazing music being made and mm -hmm. it's, it's really accessible and it's really out there. You know, obviously there are certain things that are going to be pushed in our faces that, you know, that are, are, that utilize things like AI and technology to their certain extent. But even there, I'm, I think it's going to be cool and exciting to see what kind of cool, creative things people can make with that stuff at some point. You know, it's not necessarily mm. my cup of tea. I don't yeah, want to speak for it's Ashley. A, it's all taste <laughs> thing, you know? Yeah, it's like, taste, you know? I'm just because someone's doing something that I don't really care for or that it's not my cup of tea doesn't mean I can't do what I want to do and listen to what mm. I want to listen to. Yeah. You know? There's the pool is big enough for everyone to swim. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and, when it comes down to it, if if it sounds good, it is good. Yeah, you know, it's a fair statement. It's a fair you statement. Know? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's. Uh, but I mean, I do, I do understand the argument of. Uh, it's easy to get upset at stuff like that, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. With which, to a certain extent, is justifiable. You know, yeah. you, you spend a lot of time, right, holding your hands and your ears and your fingertips and your voice and all this stuff and this, and then it feels like certain people might be cutting corners, but yeah, not to say yeah. I don't get upset and rant behind the scenes about <laughs> artists that are, come on, Ashley, bring it. Let's, let's have a, Oh, rant. they're such a good singer. And you're like, they're just auto tuned. They can't sing. Have you heard them live? They're terrible. You know? right. I get really upset about that stuff. You know, people who can hide behind technology mm -hmm. um, when they're not, you know, giving the technology credit, maybe. Man, thank you. Like, yeah. here's your Grammy. Well, I want to, first of all, I want to thank Autotune. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank Melodyne, uh, you know, without which I wouldn't be here. So <laughs> right. when are we going to start doing that? Let's give Melodyne the credit for people who, <laughs> who need That's it. right. Yeah. <laughs> I also feel in music, there's always, there's always been something, right, technologically uh, right. that's kind of come along. I guess like in the 80s, you had the synths and you had the computer yeah. recording that was kind of taking away from the uh, the analog side of things. Uh, and then like hip hop with samples and, and this kind of, you know, there's always something that in music seems to be a fear 
but has nearly always come back to, uh, I guess, it being used by humans to create in a different way. Does that make it? So there's still that kind of human touch on, on, on whatever it is. I think no matter how advanced technology gets in music, like there's still always going to be an audience and a desire for just this, just humans right. playing instruments. You know, it's not going to go away. Yeah. You know, we don't have to be afraid of that. But no. People might like the other stuff too, but this isn't going away. People are always going to love just people making music. Yeah. In real yeah. time. So. Yeah. Thank and you also like the, like you guys are now, where it's completely unplugged and it's just. Mm-hmm. It's, out in the open, you know, with the exception yeah. of the microphone. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Very cool, very cool. Um, all right, so let's talk about the fundraiser um, because that's kind of one of the main reasons we're here. I'm going to flash up the uh, the link again here. So tell us about that um, and what was the decision to to go about this route um, instead of maybe going with a, a bigger deal that would help finance the record? Um, well, so Thor and I are touring musicians and we, we, we make our money on the road and, um, the needless to say, we don't have a lot of it. So, but we wanted to make this record and we wanted, you know, it, musicians have to make a record to have a vehicle to tour, you know? So it's kind of a shooting yourself in the foot a little bit with money spent and things like that. So we made this record anyway, but we, we want to make sure that it gets a platform and that it's heard. We don't have a big, record label funding us or anything um it's all on our own and so we just you know we've got the album up for pre-order on this indiegogo thing and there's other perks uh listed there like we bought a film camera and we took photos of the recording process and we're getting those developed so if you Mm. you know buy a vinyl you get a print from the recording process and it goes on up um but you know we're not asking for a freebie. We're, we're saying pre-order the album and it really helps us with, you know, hiring a publicist and just being seen and heard so that we can keep making music and, mm-hmm. um, and not, you know, and be able to pay rent at the yeah. same time. <laughs> and crowdfunding is such a cool way to make it a community effort. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, like, it's like we're without people supporting music, we're just two people playing guitars in a room you know it, it's like you need people to perform for and how cool is that that the people that we get to perform for might help us actually get this record out you know so it's right. it's it just it's it it makes us together yeah <laughs> it, yeah absolutely it feels yeah. better saying you know we're not asking for a handout we're just asking absolutely you know, if yeah, you yeah, like yeah. this kind of music please pre pre-order our album yeah and we hope you'll enjoy it <laughs> Absolutely. I, I noticed on, there's an FAQ section on there. Uh, and quite proudly, I will say, actually, one of the things you kind of addressed head on right, was this yeah. notion that your last name is Campbell and people make the assumption that you are therefore uh, just drowning in money. Um, yeah. And why are you asking uh, for, for, the, you know, for the fundraising? Um, but you, you very beautifully address it in the sense of uh, it's not the reality. The reality is that I'm, I make my money from music and not from my, my heritage. And you, you want to talk about that just for a minute? Or? I, I do, because when Thor brought, up, <laughs> Thor brought up the idea of a crowdfunding campaign, and, and I've always just been so afraid to even entertain the idea because, you know, uh, there are a lot of people who like to judge mm-hmm. other people, who, especially people whose lives have been in the spotlight or are in the spotlight. And because of my dad being Glenn Campbell and who he was, and is, um, people assume a lot about me and about my life. They mm-hmm. assume everything's handed to me, that I have a cash flow from my dad's royalties and things like that. Uh, without getting too deep into the the family dynamic and cash flow, um, the answer is no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I live yeah. in my mom's basement right now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but like, I, I'm... I've made my money on my own, you know, uh, for my entire adult life. Um, of course I've had opportunities because of my father, sure. but I have always done my very darndest to deserve those opportunities. Um, yeah. I had, I don't know where I heard this quote, but someone said, um, it's, it might be who, you know, that gets you there, but it's what, you know, that keeps you there. Yeah. Um, so 100%. I just want to make sure that I work as hard as I can and, make the most of every opportunity. But yeah, yeah I, I'm not swimming in cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like I say, when I saw that, I was like, good for her. 
that's that's awesome like it's a really good way to, to put it because uh, I, I imagine there are some people that probably had those kinds of thoughts you know um so well addressed i think for sure um and then in that same well in that same page there's a video on there and you guys are sitting you know, outside of the the wood burning stove in in uh, northern Ireland in the cottage and thor you made you made a comment um in that video that kind of the purpose of the campaign is to help and you use the word uh offset some of the more cumbersome side mm. of of making a record right so you were talking about um publicists and and pressing the vinyl and the, th the things that that are almost secondary in nature to the actual creative process which is where you guys hearts are clearly at you're into that that creative process do you think it's like the old school way of doing it is like you get financed by a label and you drop it in and you make the record and then everything else is taken care of by everybody else right and these days it came with a lot of, I don't know, you lost some of the freedom in that because you were just kind of the entertainer at that point. These days, you get that creative freedom in the way you're doing it, but you kind of also have to take care of all those things. You, have to, have, a, well. you have to have a head for business, yeah. which yeah. I wish I didn't have to, wish we didn't have to, yeah. but right. you know, you can make a beautiful record, but who's going to hear it if, if you don't have someone else who's, our specialty is making music. Right. We need to be able to hire someone whose specialty is getting it out there and connecting us with write-ups and yeah. television and just any way we can get people's attention on it who might enjoy it. And right. that's yeah. how we hope to build our audience. We want to share, process. you know. Yeah. Is, is the freedom to, to create the thing that you want to create with zero interference, is it, is it worth having to deal with those, what we call those, those cumbersome things? I think uh, to a well. certain extent, yeah. uh, I I've never known another way personally. You know, it's, it's, I, my entire life has been either living as a sideman or putting my own records out. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's something that sounds really wonderful about just like here, go make a record. We'll take care of everything else. <laughs> you know, to a certain <laughs> extent. But I, mean, I understand like the ramifications that comes with that. It's uh, there's never there's never no strings attached. Oh, I understand though. that. I never said that. I've been on that end of it with I a never, major label. Yeah, yeah. I never saying, said that. Like, but... I don't want to put this out because I right. didn't have the control. Right. And it yeah. it was depressing. Like. <laughs> I was like, well, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't do music if this is what it's going to be like. I really had that thought. Like, mm -hmm. I said, if 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 I don't like the music that I'm making, then I don't want to do it. Right. Yeah. It's... <laughs> I'll go cook. I'll go be a chef. I don't know. I like cooking. <laughs> Which is <laughs> but... another thing you're very good at. I miss yeah. I miss your Instagram post when you would cook. Uh, you cook dinner for all, oh, yeah. all of our social media. <laughs> Follow the banjo chef on Instagram, and there's plenty oh, of. Yeah. I'm posting new stuff now, so. <laughs> but i'm lucky i'm still making music i feel very fortunate and and happy to that's awesome yeah. that's awesome the other thing that's pretty well documented of course is is your, your godfather carl jackson um the legend mm -hmm. that is did he i mean he's, he's obviously influenced you a lot over the course of your life and particularly in the banjo playing and that kind of thing did he have any kind of input or or advice along the way for this project and how it was going to go um, Carl's just always been very encouraging to, to follow my heart and not to not listen to the big wigs who just, you know, want to yeah. give you money and tell you what to do, you know? So he was very encouraging of this record and, um, yeah, but he actually hasn't heard much from it yet. Cause I'm no. waiting till we have some good mixes to show him, but yeah. you know, he's nothing but supportive. He's a wonderful person. Yes. Yeah. A legend of that. Absolutely. Um, when will that time come? That's the question on everyone's mind. What are we looking at as far as uh, you're thinking? Because you're, you're heading on tour. You're doing the UK-Spain tour kicking off in June. Is that right? Um, Actual tour. Well, we're well, playing. Well, Campbell Jensen, sorry, is yeah. playing. Uh, we're kind of doing an album preview show in London at the Troubadour. Cool. Uh, which we've decided to also live stream because we realize that we do play a lot, almost exclusively in the UK. <laughs> So right now, so um, I feel bad not opening it up to people who can't necessarily travel there. So we're yeah. we're live streaming our event at the Troubadour on June 16th, and it will also be available for maybe like two days after for video replay, in case you can't make it at the actual time. So that link will be up on all our socials and stuff in the next few days, actually. So if Very you cool. want to see, other, but um, I think realistically, once we hire a publicist. We'll probably be getting the album out sometime in July or August. Oh, very cool! Excellent. But if you um, if you 
the bottom tier on our Indiegogo is, a, I think it's $10. And that gives you a link of, to listen to the album before anyone else does, uh, like a SoundCloud link um, okay. once it's ready. So we'll be, you know, so that's a nice perk as well. Yeah. Even if you have if you want to $10 and you get to listen to it before everyone else. But that's um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And what's then we'll what's be the highest? Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say then we're hitting the road this fall. Yes. Uh, to promote the record. Uh, which do we, what do we? We've got some dates in Ireland, Ireland booked right, sorry. already. I just blanked on Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the perks on the Indiegogo uh, go up to like you can have a private live stream concert for you and 10 friends. Oh, um, cool. The uh, highest perk being we will write a song for you yeah. personally. Whoa. <laughs> Nobody's taken us up no on one, that one. No yet. one has taken us up on that. So no, the pressure's <laughs> off, but yeah. you have five more days to get that perk. Five more days. Yep. Yeah. Ends someone pretty soon. Do, someone did do the live stream option. Yeah, the private appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. I know who I know who bought it and I'm very thankful. Thank you. <laughs> um, nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, but we're so excited to to get the music out. So yeah. I mean we wanted to put it out in June, but realistically yeah. to, to do it right and get it heard and in the right avenues, we it'll probably be July or August. That's awesome. That's awesome. And of course the banjo features wonderfully uh on the album uh we're all gearheads i think in this room pretty much so we've gone over your saratoga you had the claw grass too mm -hmm. uh finger picks um oh my uh, you want to talk about finger picks i just want to know what you're using so the world knows what you're using so i you know. love i have the i've been using this for years the blue chip finger oh pick, yeah. Pick. yeah um i'm a size small and then i just use some um, dunlop uh 0 0.015 for my finger picks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And Thor, now, do you play banjo at all, Thor? No, I do not. I, uh, <laughs> so I you've got to trade those gypsy lessons for, for some, for some claw hammer lessons, and, and well, he's got to get you going. He will be soon playing the the new Good Time six string banjo. Mm. Incorporating yeah, that. I've done some. Yeah. Uh, I play with a band called Hazmat Modine in New York. Uh, mm -hmm. I've done some stuff on the road with them, and uh, they have quite a bit of six string banjo some of their stuff so i very cool I've, I've toured with uh i have no idea what their banjos are because they the 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 front the the leader of that band wade schumann who's an unbelievable harmonica player he's great. songwriter and all this stuff. that's a cool he's, band he's a very very art he's a brilliant painter uh hmm. and he sort of personalizes everything so the banjo that i would use whatever name was on the headstock is gone and it has this really beautiful uh beetle on the headstock oh cool uh, so I have no idea what brand banjo that is. Yeah, couldn't tell you. Well, my little bird tells me there's a there's a good time six string. I think with FedEx on its way to Nashville Ooh. as we speak. So people look out for that. With a just shameless plug, the new updated Palfaro fingerboard, which is oh nice. Yeah, I'm so excited to see it. Uh, I mean, yeah. Jan Reinhardt started on a six-string banjo. Mm -hmm. This is absolutely true. Yeah. yeah, that's the the crazy thing about the six-string banjo, right? Like a lot of people think it's it's cheating. Even to this day, we, you know, Jamie Deering and myself have battled this for quite some time now in trying to convince people that this is not a new idea, nor is it oh. cheating. No. It's, it's not a cheating. Hundred-year-old uh, invention, basically. Yeah. That we we just happen to be making versions of, um, and it works. You know, for absolutely. I mean. For your context, why would you, as a guitar player, use a six-string banjo over a guitar? From, from uh, your own standpoint, probably just a textural thing. You know, uh, it's such a cool, unique. Actually, it's really similar sonically to the Gypsy guitars. You know, those Gypsy guitars mm -hmm. are frustratingly have a lack of sustain. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's and you get and personally, once you get used to that, it, it's a it's a pretty cool character. You know, and mm -hmm. That's what I like about the six-string banjos mm -hmm. uh, and banjos in general. It's kind of interesting to have an instrument with such a fast decay to it, mm -hmm. you know. So it just yeah. it's like pizzicato all the time. Yeah, you know, it's right. it's it's such a cool thing. Uh, I'm actually dying to try out. So this the the last song we're going to play. Uh, I do a, a faux rubber bridge thing, and I just mm -hmm. it's just a piece of rubber underneath the strings. Uh, but and it's super low tuned. Uh, so I would love to low tune uh, the banjo, uh, the, the six string banjo. Yeah, like put these big, huge, comically large strings on it. And what what gauges are you using to get the low tuning like that? So I actually don't know what the gauges are. It's uh, they're the Santa Cruz Parabolic Tension Baritone. Got it. Strings. 
so they don't list gauges. Uh, but it's a short scale, it's a regular scale guitar. Uh, I just was having a very, we have a, a bunch of tunes on the record that use the low tuning, and it's a nightmare to get it to play, to get the intonation right. Uh, oh, interesting. You know, I have to, in order to, you know, we have one song that I do a lot of sort of Joan string, yeah. and uh, with any other strings, I was having to just play so lightly. Or it would and go then, out of tune. It would, oh, yeah, it would just go out of tune or <laughs> really? be out yeah. of tune in this range, which would just drive me up a wall. Uh, <laughs> so I bought these strings on a whim, and again, they're comically large. I mean, the second string, it, the, the, what would normally be the B string, is wound, which is just nuts. Uh, wow. But tuned low like this with this shorter scale, the string tension is really nice, and it just plays like a regular standard tuned guitar. Um, what, what guitars are you playing? Are they a particular uh, brand? Or? These are Recording Kings. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, in fact, this one's just brandy new. Just picked up this morning. They're oh, exceptional. They're really nice, yeah. They're really making fantastic instruments. Uh, I've heard good things about their guitars, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Their guitars are really stellar. Uh, can't say anything else. I can't say any more than that. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I got that. And, uh, yeah. Um, can't pronounce the name. Nunzio Moro. There you go. Glenn used a frame of six string back on some Kingston Trio recordings back in the day. Cool. Apparently. <laughs> there we go. Nice. I know he was a, he had a six string banjo floating around from time to time, I think. Your dad, yeah. didn't he? He did, yeah. yeah. He also played a five string every not like bluegrass style, but <laughs> he I mean he could play anything with strings. You just hand right. it to him, he'd figure it out, you know. Legend. Legend. Yeah. Any parting words before we head out? Because we're at the hour mark. I know you guys are gearing up to see us out here. But um, anything you want to share outside of please help us support the album? Well, just first of all, thank you so much for having us and, and oh, yeah. giving us this opportunity to, to well, get to know you and get to know everyone in the Durian Live uh, family and getting this opportunity to sort of introduce our band. Yeah, you know? we're uh, still so new to, you know. People haven't really heard what we can do, so yeah, we're and, very excited. Yeah, to, it's it's just it's, it feels. I feel very personally speaking. I feel very fortunate to have gotten to do this. Yeah, thank you uh, for giving us this platform, and it was so nice talking to you and seeing oh, you. Absolutely. Again. It's been a, yeah, been likewise. Years, but it's been well, and you're going to be um, heading over to the UK uh, doing stuff. You're going to be down near my neck of the woods as well. In uh, I think you'll be in Lewis and Shoreham on Sea. Yep, that's um, right. That's right near my. Is it called parents. Lewis? Lewis, yeah. I've been saying lose. <laughs> yeah. Lewis, and it's just just north of um, uh, Brighton, which is yeah. another cool cool that's town. Right. That's where oh, we love that's where I used to gig. Yeah, Brighton's a cool town. It's where I proposed to my wife. In fact, we're actually we are playing. We're playing in Brighton, playing in Brighton uh, at the gig. the folklore rooms on June fifteenth. Yeah. Oh, are you really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are you guys doing um uh, da, 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 uh, Black Deer Festival? Not uh, this uh, year. No. Not this year. Maybe. Hopefully next year. That's also down there as well. Yeah, yeah, we're hoping to hit all the circuit. I did Black Deer mm -hmm. the first year it started, the year it Correct. started. But yeah, yeah hopefully my, my brothers went. Yeah, they said it was, said it was great. It was the most uh, random thing in the world to have this kind of solely Americana type event in their backyard. But apparently, it was really, really worth checking out. So it was really well done, and I'm sure it's only mm -hmm. gotten better. So that's great. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, if I can reciprocate, you, you actually you've flown the flag for Deering for a long time now, and we we truly, truly appreciate that. And uh, Thor, I will say the same about you when I see you playing a six string banjo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> soon. But uh, you guys are an absolute pleasure uh, to talk to, and uh, really enjoyed having you on today. Uh, I'm wishing you all the best, guys. Uh, watching at home and on replay, please. I'll put the link up in just a second. But if you do like what you hear, go check them out. Go support the album. Go have them write a song for you. Because that is an option. All right. That would be very cool. Um, but uh, in the meantime, let's see if we can hear one more track. And uh, guys, best of luck with everything. And when you come to San Diego, let us know. You know where Thanks. we are. Thanks, Thanks Jamie. Much. Thank you, Jamie. Tacos. This last song is called Perfectly All Right. Sitting with me in silence Don't need to speak. A pot of tea between us. On the floor, the dog is fast asleep. Cause everything's fine. 
Everything's perfectly alright. Everything's fine. Everything's perfectly alright. Everything's fine, everything's perfectly all 